0: Will you climb the highest mountain? Will you fight for those who can't? Will you fold and walk away? Or will you stay and take a stand? Don't be silenced by the lights Where you can choose to understand Oh, we've come to far to see us crumbling Welcome back to the Vikings voice. I'm excited to sit here with you guys on episode 3. Should be an interesting conversation today as I dive into my experiences with psychedelics and my awakening, my connection with God, source, creator, whatever label you want to put on that. I respect. And that's something I'll be diving deep into today on this episode sharing everything that I can through my spiritual journey as I am a man of God. And I'll say just two years ago, I wasn't. And now that is the biggest part of my life on a daily basis. And it has been such a beautiful journey. Now I will say right up front that You'll never see me trying to convince anybody of anything when it comes to spirituality. Never telling anybody what to believe. I'm simply shining my light where I can. Being a lighthouse. Helping people awaken. Helping them self-master and be better people and hopefully... Through the words that I share, maybe some of the questions I put out or my experiences, helps them ask questions and start connecting with the other side. Now, this conversation today may rub you the wrong way. I ask that you listen with an open heart and open mind and ask yourself along the way, if you disagree with me, do your beliefs cause divide? Do you push your beliefs on others? Or do you leave that up to God and simply help people look for God? You know, there's something that really resonated with me. I really appreciated hearing not long ago as the community that I have built and the people I work around, there's a lot of Christians in the community and I will speak outside the box on religion and one individual That is part of a men's group that I'm in brought up a conversation to me when I was driving with a mutual friend of ours, all three of us in the truck. And he mentioned, wanted to call himself out and and share something with me in terms of him judging me and having some concern because my beliefs go outside his beliefs that are so concrete. And our mutual friend cut him off pretty quickly and said, well, that's really between Sean and God. We all have our individual journeys. And one thing, if you're going to judge someone or look at them in that perspective, look at the fruit that they are creating. Is it a good fruit that is nourishing the people who are consuming it or is it poisonous? He shared that with me because it was very clear the fruit that I've created has been very nourishing to many. Those within the community and those from afar within my reach. So always ask yourself when you're on this journey, spiritually, your beliefs on anything really, are they causing divide? Are they causing fear? There's one thing I'm certain of, of, all the things that I thought I was certain of upon one time and that I've changed my mind on, but one thing I am so certain on is we have an option between fear or faith. Plain and simple. And when I say faith, that doesn't necessarily mean your faith to a religion or to God or anything along those lines. Just faith that things are going to work out or you can be fearful of everything and let that take over your mind. And all that comes along the way from that. So I'm going to dive in to my spiritual awakening, my connection with God, where he's shown up in my life very evidently. And my experiences with psychedelics, the good, bad and ugly. Now I want to, Put a disclaimer out there right now. I'm not suggesting everybody consume psychedelics, especially anybody of a younger age that's watching. I did experiment with them in my teens, and they never served me in the way they have now. I was not in the right space for them. I was abusing them. And if you were abusing drugs, well, you're going about it the wrong way. I don't condone the use of drugs. Different plant medicines is a different story for the right person, which isn't right for everybody. Now, for people starting right now, wondering, well, I see Sean at a Christian church, which I do attend here and there, probably once or twice a month, as of very recently. I've been feeling called to go, and a lot of people will ask me, am I a Christian? I thought Sean was a Christian, but I see him talking about this or that, that is not following with Christianity. My simple answer to that would be, I don't need to put a label on my beliefs. That to me is insignificant. Actually not insignificant, but an inferior way of devoting myself as a cause of divide. Christ to me is forgiveness, letting go. And I'll dive into that, my beliefs and my personal experience with Jesus Christ. And I do believe Jesus was a real man. So we'll get into it. So where did this all start? I can tell you looking back now, and I detail this a lot further in the book I'm writing, which will be coming out shortly soon, hopefully. I see where God has been in my life the whole way, the whole time. You know, there's that, (laughs) I'm just going to destroy it right now, trying to cite it, but that uh, quote or phrase where, you know, I thought you are always with me, looking at the footsteps in the sand. And then all of a sudden there's only one set of footsteps and that's where he's carrying you. That resonates with certain things I can look past on. And again, I uh, know many of people listening to this podcast won't necessarily have any spiritual beliefs or believe in God. And I just ask you to listen with an open mind. I start searching. I start looking at things a little differently. You might be surprised what shows up. So for me, where the kind of catalyst really started with my spiritual awakening was my self-mastery. Really stepping up my health, treating my body as the temple, which it is. We're given one body in this life and how we treat it is so impactful. You know, the foods we're bringing in, the content we consume, the people we allow around us to leave impressions on us, the sewer system within us that can become so toxic. If you're you know, just shoveling fried food and just all this crap that's got all the preservatives, all this just poisonous food, you think what that's doing to your body, your internal sewer system, and how that toxin is affecting everything, your brain your pineal gland, keeping you unconscious. So for me, as I started really stepping up in my health, my consciousness started stepping up more and more. And gratitude is an exercise. I spoke on my last episode that really started opening the doors to that. Doing gratitude exercises and the programs I taught, Used to do lifestyle coaching and actually have an app that's being developed right now where some of those programs are coming back out. And those programs helping me dive in and release the demons, so to say, the past trauma, all the baggage that most of us carry around that's not serving us anymore, letting go of it. And gratitude being such an impactful part of that. You know, waking up in the morning, woo, I got to wake up. I got another day, baby. Just what that does, how that clears all the noise, writing out I'm grateful for waking up, the roof over my head, the food in my fridge, whatever it might be, that few seconds or few minutes that I take to go through that gratitude exercise, it cancels out all the noise. I'm not thinking about the bills, the relationship problems, business issues, things I got to face throughout the day or the week that are kind of haunting me in a way. It all goes away for a few seconds or a few minutes throughout that exercise. And that stillness allows you to come in more tune, hear a little voice inside that beautiful voice that I say is your direct connection to the other side, that is God, your sixth sense, your intuition. It knows everything. And In this life, so many of us get so used to telling it to shut the hell up because it's often telling us to go the opposite way of what our selfish desires want. So we tell it to shut up and it gets quiet, quieter and quieter and quieter because we keep telling it to shut up. So when you can clear out all the noise, it gives that voice a chance to speak louder. That's where meditation has changed my life as well. And I'll get into that later in the conversation as my. Use of plant medicines, psychedelics, psilocybin specifically, magical mushrooms, the active ingredient in utilizing those to connect spiritually, but now not needing those anymore to make that same connection even greater. And meditation being such a huge part of that. And I have a few pieces of advice for meditation on those of you that are listening, like, yeah, I just can't get into meditation. Is it, uh, it just it doesn't work for me, right? Uh, my mind's so busy, whatever it is. I'll get into that later because I do have a few tips that really helped me greatly and changed the game. So gratitude. If you're skipping out on doing a gratitude exercise, I tell you, do it on a daily basis in the morning and even in the evening if you can. When you go to bed, you're sitting there before you shut off for the night. Think about all the things you're grateful through out the day, what you experienced, how you liked it, how you enjoyed it, how you're grateful for it. Thank you. Thank you, universe. Bring more of that keep that coming. And I appreciate it. So stepping up, self mastery. If you're not stepping up, definitely do so everywhere you can give yourself grace though, when you fall short, or if you have something come in and really help you evolve, maybe with your consciousness, so to say, or relationship or whatever area, we often have something else go to the wayside when we level up somewhere else. And then We're really hard on ourselves, judging ourselves, comparing to before and we don't give ourselves grace and remember, hey, I'm forgetting that I have this new piece that I just gained and I'm comparing myself to the old me that didn't have that piece. So let's bring in this new piece and now get back to the basics that I know to bring in that part that I left out to the wayside and level up to this new beautiful conscious being that has all of those parts together and then step forward from there. Sometimes we got to just step back to the basics on where we first started that got us to that point. And that's all right. That's, uh, the game of life as it goes sometimes. So I want to dive in to psychedelics. My first trip, the first trip that changed my life. As I said, I did experiment with them a little bit when I was younger and it was, uh, it was just enjoying the walls swirling around the grass moving and whatnot. And not benefiting on a spiritual level and when I started utilizing psychedelics just a few years ago again as I didn't use them for probably over a decade I was at a point that I was at my peak personal level on fitness my mental state just overall health and I started using the plant medicine and really enjoying how it Help me completely be in the moment. Just slow down time. Actually, I completely made time go away. Didn't exist when I was on a journey. And I started utilizing psilocybin, Magical Mushrooms, on a probably monthly basis. About two, three years ago. And what I would do, actually, is I would put this audiobook on that I highly suggest that everybody listen to. I've probably listened to it a hundred times now. It's by Deepak Chopra. I believe it is called The Seven Spiritual Laws to Success, something along those lines. I put that on and go for a bike ride and go to the park um, on my journey and just enjoy being fully in the moment, Uh, these words that were resonating with me. and I got to remember at this time, I did not believe in God. I wasn't looking for a spiritual connection. I was just enjoying having to slow things down and as well bring my ego down really enjoyed the process of my ego being removed throughout these journeys something that anybody has experienced the use of Phil can most likely speak on. So this one time I took my tea, my magical tea and jumped on my bike, put my favorite audio book on by Deepak and started biking to the park. That's about a fifteen-minute bike ride from my home. Now, right as I got on the bike, my intuition was telling me to turn around, and I didn't understand why. Like, why would I turn around? I am excited to go to the damn park and enjoy this trip. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Let's go. But my intuition gets louder and louder. Tell me, turn around. And I'm adamant that I'm not. Five minutes into this bike ride. I hear a voice inside my head that is not mine. Turn around. Now. Go home. I was like, whoa. What was that? So I do. I listen. I turn around and go home. And right as I turn around, I just start having such a negative feeling coming over me. Just extremely negative energy taking over all of my being. And... I could just feel the anxiety just spiking, my cortisol, everything just going right out of whack. I get home and I don't know what to do with myself. I'm sitting on the couch and I can tell I am coming right into what would be called a bad trip. Now, I will say those bad trips are often exactly what you need to steer right into. Let go and go right into it because there is something there for you. You know, look into the advancements in therapy that are being shown right now with the use of psychedelics. How much ground you can cover in one journey? What can be gained from it? So here I am sitting on my couch, feeling this bad trip come along. I'm like no, 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 no. Come on, no. And I took a pretty good uh, amount of, of psilocybin, probably before grams of uh, penis envy, which is a strain, um, that is supposed to be one of the strongest, if not the strongest, correct me if I'm wrong. Now I'm going to be sharing something that is right out there. And I'm looking forward to sharing this message and coming back on it myself as I gain more conscious awareness and my spirituality evolves. You know, this podcast I am doing right off the cuff not very planned out other than a topic that I want to talk about and I'm not editing it. I'm actually uploading it right after I record it without listening. So there's certain things I may say that very soon from now I may not agree with, may change my mind on. And that is the beauty of putting yourself out there and doing the inner work and working on becoming better and being able to take a pivot when life shows you somewhere that you need to pivot on correct yourself or you're wrong. So here I am on that couch. Don't know what to do. So I decide to put this playlist of music on. Now I'll give you a background quickly here that adds to the story on me with music. I used to call myself music illiterate. I love music, love hearing it, listening to it all the time, but I can never hear the lyrics. So I was more drawn to country because it was such a slower tone. The, the lyrics, you could actually hear much easier. And even some of my favorite country songs I listened to 5,000 times that were so basic, I only knew maybe one or two sentences. Couldn't hear the rest. And now that I couldn't memorize it, I couldn't hear. I just didn't hear lyrics. And I had made this playlist on my phone that I never listened to. It was strange that I made it. I was in this process, though, of trying. I always wanted to be able to hear music. I was envious of people who just had this connection to music. Soul music is what the playlist was called that I created. So I put this soul music playlist on that was an hour long. And I went in my bed and covered my head with a blanket. And just like, let's hold on. Thankfully, the plant medicines came in such a way where I couldn't hold on. And that is the key, letting go. I tell you, if you are experiencing, looking at experiencing a journey, understanding that it is a, it's a plant medicine, the drug is going to wear off. You're not stuck in this state. It's temporary. So I put this music on and Shortly after, I managed to let go. And this is when God, I want to say first came to me, but it wasn't. But it's the first time I was aware. And he came to me through that music and spoke to me very clearly. Heard the lyrics clear as day, my hair on my body standing up. And it was a direct conversation to me. And it was a two-way conversation as well. I had asked questions, many, and it was answered through the music. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting there thinking, wow, this guy is crazy. You're just doing some magical mushrooms, man. (laughs) But I'll tell you the end of the story on this first trip that confirmed I wasn't because I started thinking the same thing until I went through the process after of what was left with me and executed on it. So God came to me. Now, anybody who knows me, and those of you following along will get to know me. I've had a rough upbringing, a rough past of my choosing. Pretty rough around the edges, so to say. I have a message that is delivered in a way that doesn't speak for everyone. And that's the case for everyone. You know, some people are going to love you. Some are going to hate you. That's just the way of life. Some are going to get something from what you have to say and some aren't at all. And I have a very direct, in-your-face, no-sugar-coating message. God spoke to me on that. You know, I've always been here with you. And I led you down this path so you could be the character you are now. Now, you went quite, quite further than I expected. We joked around, and that was something that made me understand. Free will is definitely a thing because I do speak often on the Divide between that and the universal play. I do feel like there's a storyline theme that's being played out, but then free will is something that we have as well. I gave you these experiences, son, to shape you into the man you are today so you could help our people. Share what you've gone through, what you've gained, and how you've come out from the other side with everybody. That will listen and help them become all they can be and help others. And the ripple effect that comes from that. So keep going, share your voice, share your message. Don't stop. You're on the right path. This is at a time I just remembered actually back up to that morning. As I'm talking about me, not sugarcoating anything. I had just transitioned into lifestyle coaching And that came actually from a short bout in network marketing. I was doing online personal training, found a company that had a product that I truly loved, and I decided I was going to promote it. One of only a few products I've ever decided to get behind. And getting into network marketing, I took the position seriously. And just a little off note on that subject, if you can find a good product, and get behind it, there's a great, great business to get behind, if it's the right business, and you actually do your due diligence in sharpening your acts, developing your skills, and caring about other people more than your bottom line, and that's what I did. Cared more about people than my bottom line, and I did the dance of sales and utilized my social media platform to do so, interacting with people, that came along to my page. And as I interacted and began small talk on how they're doing, getting to know them a little bit, building rapport, I quickly realized how many people were in such a bad place in life. And I was a huge self-development junkie, love reading, lots of mentors, some just amazing people in my life that I've been able to connect with since being on social media, which I thank social media for, you know, it is uh, Something that has so much bad to it, especially these days, but there's a lot of good to it as well. If you can find that balance and utilize it for good. So as I'm speaking to these people, I wouldn't focus on sales with them. This product I have, even though it could benefit their life with their physical health and mental health, I would share an analogy I have from a book or a mentor that would help them in the situation they're in and Doing so, I started changing lives and that really started feeding something within me, my heart. Really giving me something like I never felt before. And that is the transition that brought me into lifestyle coaching as people just started coming to me. And I was willing to help anybody that I could the time I had. And, you know, as a byproduct of that, my sales started doing very well. became actually the uh, second top enroller in the entire company and that was a guy who's never done it before going head to head with 34 year veterans in the industry. So that speaks loudly when you actually care about people more than your bottom line. So people started actually asking me to coach them like Sean I want you on a continuous basis and that's what brought me into lifestyle coaching and this morning, as I get back into the trip right away, the morning of this woman asked me about some things, looking for advice, as many people came to me for. And my first, it was about her, her son. And my first direction of question was her. Well, let's look into you. And it was one of those people who came to me just looking for me to confirm everything was about somebody else and nothing to do with her. And so the minute I started speaking in terms of her and diving into that, she got very upset, didn't want to, she wasn't in a position to absorb that at all. And started calling me a narcissist, all these different things, you know, whatever popular word was going around to label people as. And I called her out on her bullshit which I'll do from time to time. I will take a screenshot of that conversation and put it up on my story and say, this is not how you talk to people. That's it. I won't say anything derogatory or anything directed to the individual as such, other than this isn't appropriate and put your comment on blast. And I know that will sit with you and really make you think after the anger subsides and now I do that openly because if you're sharing such a comment to me, and this isn't in regards to something personal, this is your lash out to me, well, that, that's who you are and that's how you speak to people. You should be okay with that being shown to everybody. That's what you stand as. So I'll share it with everybody, and usually that will probably change your, your tune pretty quick. And maybe you'll reflect on not being that way. So doing that, this woman took it very, very badly and just started going off. And it it sat with me because my direct approach, not sugarcoating anything. I do hurt people's feelings quite a bit, I used to at least. And that day I was saying, you know what? I don't think life coaching is for me, man. I think I'm doing more damage than good. So that was the state I was in when I was doing this journey. And when God said, no, you're on the right path. Keep sharing your voice, my son. Keep sharing your message. It is my message. I'm using you as a conduit. You send it out in a way that's not for everybody, but we need that way. Your style, who you are, is what's needed here. I have people sharing the message in this way and that way over here, so please continue. This journey, this conversation with God, Source, Creator, Continued for two hours, actually, I think it was two and a half hours. I had my GPS on from the bike ride, so I was able to track. it. what was interesting, that music played for the full two and a half hours. Even though that playlist was only an hour. And on my phone, when you play a playlist, it stops after. So again, okay, if you're still listening, (laughs) and don't think I'm totally crazy or you do, he left me with a few names before our conversation ended. And one I'll speak on. An individual, I'll call him Brad, for conversation purposes on his identity, being kept uh, safe. He told me reach out to Brad, he needs you. Now Brad is an individual, when I first moved to Winnipeg, that became one of my best friends right away. And Brad was always an asshole, he was always so negative, like it was toxic. (laughs) He just rubbed you off. That negativity, most people didn't want to be around him, and that spiraled over the years. And Brad got into drugs and alcohol pretty bad, and I distanced myself from him completely. And I don't think I talked to him for over a decade. And so, reach out to Brad I was like, oh, I wonder why. I haven't thought about that guy for a decade. So, he gave me Brad's name, amongst many others, and I reached out to Brad and say, hey, Brad, this is what happened, man. Um, I had something come to me. I know this sounds crazy, but said to reach out to you and that you need my help. So here I am. Uh, Shoot me a message back when you get it. Early the next morning, Brad reaches out and uh, elaborates on how, wow, (laughs) this is wild, man. I was just thinking about you the other day. Just talking about you, too. And I'm at the lowest point I've ever been in my life. Drugs and alcohol are completely taking me. I was just in a pretty well crack house all night, just left. My girlfriend has now left me as of last night. And uh, I'm, um, I think I'm ready to just not live anymore. Pretty well, almost at that point where he was. That's wild that he had me come to him just a couple of days prior, which actually back up. I had a individual come to me a couple of days prior and say, Hey, and it's a woman that, I loved the bits that I worked with in that network marketing company I speak of and hadn't talked to her for probably six, seven months. And she reached out to me randomly and said, Hey Sean, I'm going to cut the chase. God came to me in a dream last night and said, you need me. And I, when people say that talk, like that, I, at the time I was like, oh, you're crazy. I love you. But, you know, I don't believe in God. Um, anyway, you go on. And, uh, she had something for me that I needed. And that was a seed planted. So here we are with Brad elaborating on his situation. And I tell him, Hey man, I've been doing really well at staying sober, helping people. Let me help you. So Brad and I meet up for lunch. He's in a rough spot, still abusing alcohol and drugs. And I'm able to rub off him in a way that he becomes sober and steps up his life. And actually takes on the 75 hard challenge that I'm a, Big fan of Evanti Fracilla, one of my mentors, and Brad really changes his life, saves his, saves him, saves himself, and he has a uh, beautiful son. Him and his woman are back together now, and life is uh, doing quite well for him. Yeah, uh, at the time was even talking about starting a, an addictions uh, foundation to help people, the same way I helped him, which was beautiful. Now a few other names that were pretty personal on a family basis, these things that were left with me really instilled that that feeling like, no, what you experienced, Sean, was not just these magical mushrooms. They helped you connect to something greater. And when I came out of that trip, that trip actually just ended abruptly. The music stopped, boom, I was like I was sober got up and I remember actually there was this woman that used to message me, um, quite often on social media that was a little annoying. I'll be honest. I could tell she had a crush on me and I, but she was polite. Um, but just very often coming in my inbox, um, making small chat and whatnot lived, you know, across the world, probably like somewhere in the States I'm in Canada. And, uh, I would entertain the conversation as I'm in sales. So I am trying to network and build rapport with people. Um, But I did get annoyed sometimes. I felt like I was being uh, taken advantage of in my open willingness to converse with her. And I remember she made a comment on my story where Abba was playing in the background, Dancing Queen. And she said, uh, hey, anytime that song comes on, I love it so much. Think about me and dance for me. I was like, all right, yeah, okay, lady. It was my reaction. After this journey, <laughs> that song came on, and I was dancing, just feeling better than ever, and I took a video and sent it to her. <laughs> and it just well, probably made her weak. Uh, she was so ecstatic. And at the end of that journey, um, right before I came out of it, I was left with the song Journey. Journey. That song, anytime I hear it, brings back that memory. If you don't know it, put it on and listen to the last line that comes in that song right at the end. So that was my first real connection, my awakening. There was no turning back after that. When I had that happen, there was no turning back. I was a new man. Born again. Absolutely wild. Holy shit, God is real. Damn. Damn. And I'm on the right track. He loves me. Let's take on the world. Let's do all the good that I am here to do. Be all that I'm made to be. So I go on and start doing that. But unfortunately, I had something that held me back from really stepping into that role that I could have at that time. And this is a barrier that I... Could have knocked down right away, but I didn't. And it took my second journey to help me do that. And what that barrier was, was my ego. It was my ego. Which one of my journeys, one of the first ones, I was left with a message that always stuck. I live my life by it, remembering it. It's exciting, but be careful. Run with it. Don't get lost in it. And that at first was in relation to the avatar I've been given here. The voice that I have that stands outside the crowd, the physical features. It's exciting. Run with it, but don't get lost in it. Don't get lost in that ego. And that message is translated in many different ways through my evolution here. So this ego of mine got in the way of me really sharing my message and what God showed me to share because the memes that I had shared over the last few years that went viral, that started building up my social media following, my daughter and I promoting positive parenting as capturing these candid moments, putting the picture together in a meme and putting it out there. And... Quite a few of them went completely viral. And seeing the comments on those memes, not on my page, but the pages that share them, the large pages out there, seeing people just pick apart everything about me, judgmental on the judgment on everything, just attacking me, it fucked with me. Messed with my head to a greater degree than I realized. And I started becoming very self-conscious about the content I put out. Images to, had to be perfect. I had to feel like I looked absolutely perfect. I would be the right angle, everything. So with that being said, content, was a huge pain in the ass to create. <laughs> Anybody out there, can you relate? You got to take uh, how many pictures to have that perfect angle or the video, the lighting, everything has to be perfect. Tell you I finally let go of that, which I'll be getting into actually the challenges further on ego that God has shown me that have helped me let go which I laugh on now at the time caused me so much pain. If you can relate with that, and I know many of you can, that's ego. That is caring about what other people think to an extent that is toxic, that is taking away from all that you can be. So I ask you to dive deep and figure out how to get past that. And just to put yourself out there, just all that you are, your true authentic self, the good angles, the bad angles, where you're delivering your message in the mightiest way that you can, and sometimes not in the best way, but there's often still a sentence in there that is going to change someone's life. The ripple effect from just one phrase you say, one message you put out there, can make such an impact. So this... Ego of mine and my insecurity really stopped me from producing content. And I had, you know, I don't know at the time, maybe 30, 40,000 followers and I wasn't putting it out there. So here comes my next journey, new year's Eve, the eve of my birthday, January 1st. That's when I was born in 1987. So new year's Eve. I decided to go on a journey again with psilocybin, magical mushrooms. And I prayed on this. Now, I will say, since I found God in between this time, despite not putting my message out there as I should, which I wasn't even that conscious of. Actually, I wasn't conscious of it at all. That's what this second journey was all about. I did start praying every day. <laughs> at the time, I prayed to God as my brother, just thanking him for everything and being there and continuing to show me the way. So on New Year's Eve, I sat with this plant medicine and prayed on it, asking God to sit with me again, have a special visit with my birthday as I come into the new year here and to guide me further and hang out and share some laughs again as we did share that first time. I was crying a lot. And laughing a lot. He answered my prayer. I consumed the plant medicine and he came to me. And it was beautiful. Again, through music. My hair stood up. I could hear it clear as day. And I would ask a question and it would come through the music, the answer. So I enjoyed this beautiful evening The highlight is actually on my Instagram story called The Butterfly Effect. You can watch this evening. And at the end of this evening is when it really hit me, when I got the real message that I need. I had jumped in the shower, and I didn't want to go to bed. I was just enjoying this connection so much. but it's 6 in the morning now. I had something to do like two hours, three hours maybe. I needed to get some rest, so I took a shower. As I came out of the shower, I was in the bathroom and all of a sudden felt what I can best describe as the spirit of Jesus Christ come over me. And it's hard to describe exactly what was going on, how I received this. Because it wasn't through the music, it was internally. I felt this massive sacrifice that was made by this spirit. And it instantly had me thinking on the lack of sacrifice that I was willing to make when it came to my ego. That this individual gave his life brutally up on the cross, for all of us, forgiving unconditionally. And here I was, showing such a beautiful thing just a few months prior, in August, and I didn't act upon it to the fullest degree, something that people just wish for. To have that direct experience with God. And not just through text. Such a gift. This brought me down on my knees crying. Ashamed. Upset with myself. So ashamed. Disappointed in myself. In this presence. That's alright. Pivot. it. Make the correction and move on. I stand up. Get my composure. I lean against the bathroom wall. Right as I am snapping out of this understanding, all right, time to pivot. Time to really take the bull by the horns here. As I am going through this change in thought and feeling, I lean against the bathroom wall soaking wet. I have a dark brown painted wall. Instantly, I think, oh, shit, the paint. I'm going to leave a big mark on that wall. Turn around, and sure enough, I did. And the mark was the perfect shape of these big lips. Now, that is very significant. Because for about two months, my daughter and I had been looking at artwork through Iconic, which I am staring around my studio here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pieces of this motivational artwork I have all over the house. And at this time, my daughter and I were looking through their artwork specifically at the pieces they have of these lips, wanting to put them specifically in that spot in the bathroom and we were just undecided on which lips to get they have ones you know with gold dripping off them money flowers i instantly knew go get the painting don't forget this moment this is real i'm here put this up to never forget so here we are now we hours in the morning it's my birthday so before i go to bed i hop on iconic And sure enough, when I look up the lip paintings, this one pops up that I hadn't seen before. Butterflies, lips with butterflies, the butterfly effect, metamorphosis. I purchased it as a birthday gift for myself, and it hangs in my bathroom now. I never forget. And that's where Christians come talk to me. Am I Christian? Again, I don't want to put a label on that. What does it mean to be Christian? Well, do you take Jesus Christ as your savior? Well, if that's the question you're asking, then yes, I do. Because Jesus has taught me unconditional forgiveness, which has saved my life. So yes, I do. But I don't take it in the regard that you do, where I feel I have to say that to be saved. That's fear-based belief. I don't stand behind that, but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong or right. So that was my second journey with psilocybin. Second time connecting with God, source, creator. And boy, was that ever a beautiful thing. So the next day when I woke up, I felt that presence of Jesus Christ. Sacrifice had to be Jesus Christ. That's all I knew. So I reached out to an old friend of mine, Jorge George Torres, who was a prison chaplain, a pastor. And I told him about my experience. He's the only individual that I felt comfortable talking to about this. And he said, great to hear from you. I'm coming over. Let's connect. And he did. And that is where George and I started diving into the Bible. He wanted to connect with me, wanted to surround himself with my energy, and wanted to offer his service of doing a Bible study once a week. So we could help each other out. I could help him in my ways of leading with leadership and different things I was doing at the time, stepping up in life, and he could help me with the Word of God. I excitedly agreed and we started diving into a weekly Bible study and I'll back up. The reason why I was excited to agree because George presented something to me that I wish I was presented to as a child. As I did go to a Roman Catholic school, my parents weren't religious, but I did go to a Roman Catholic school and I was turned off from God because it was never presented in this way. George told me, Sean, I'm going to say this once. You're saying things I don't agree with it goes against my beliefs but I'm not going to tell you that ever. That's between you and God. Progressive revelation, he called it. I will help go through the Bible with you, decipher it on my understanding, raise questions from the scriptures we read, and leave it up to you to interpret that from there, and God to show you the way and the path he has for you. George if you're listening thank you brother thank you I wish everybody who stands behind God in whatever faith would deliver it in such a way and respect it in such a way this is a beautiful thing and I wouldn't have run away from God for so long if that had been presented in such a way when I was younger at least that's what I think So, George and I started going through our weekly Bible study, and it was great. Quite enjoyed it, took a lot from it. Now, I will say, right off the hop, and one of the things that brought the statement out he made is, intuitively, right off the hop, reincarnation is something that was just in my intuition that was real. That's not even anything I ever looked into. Here I am, really only diving into the Bible for the first time, and in my head, it's reincarnation. And there's something wrong with saying you have to say Jesus Christ is your Savior to be saved. Those are the two things my intuition was speaking highly on, but didn't deter me from wanting to look into Christianity, even though, from what at least I know, that people have deciphered Scripture to be not relevant, not consistent with the beliefs. I haven't gotten to a point yet to go through the Bible completely, but I do look forward to doing so in a way that I can cite scripture and have a perspective and see if there is points in it that direct to that possibility or could be deciphered that way. So along the journey with George, I had decided to continue doing my monthly Philosybin Journeys. And those turned into a connection with my higher self, I'll call it. Something actually one of my favorite audiobooks, second favorite or tied with the seven spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I've read it and I've listened to an audiobook probably 20, 30 times. Love it on audiobook because it's like a podcast with the devil. And you can take that however you want. Every time I listen to it, I love how I gain something new because of my new consciousness, my new spirituality beliefs, and what I look at, the message being said and how I decipher it. It uh, talks about your higher self, how Napoleon Hill connects with, and that is what my journeys were. I connect with my higher self. A part of me would just take over, write notes out, tell me exactly what I had to do exactly what to do and I did it and it's led me to such a beautiful place and where I am today everything I did in the community where I stood up against the mandates and brought people in came to me from my higher self literally the night before and executed it on the next morning I had some of these journeys where I would go downstairs where I am right now I have all these led lights and I have all these galaxy laser lights in every corner Makes it look like you're in space. And I would just enjoy the awe of the psychedelic experience in these, this light show. Absolutely mesmerizing. And I would sit there in the chair opposite from where I'm standing right now. And it's so funny because I knew I would be sitting here doing this someday. And I would sit in this chair opposite of from where I am now and ask a question as the music's playing. And I would come around, I would get up from the chair, (laughs) come around, stand right where I'm at right now, and answer the question as my higher self and deliver that. And and then I'd go back and sit down and ask another question. This is what my journeys were. Crazy. You take it as you want. I tell you, though, look at the fruits of what I've created. Some amazingly beautiful nourishing fruits have been created. And this is the journey that has got me there to create such fruit, so that's what my journeys were for a while until I started connecting with some beautiful people in the community who were on the same path, but you could say ahead of me, and watching them following their suit, really just wanting this deeper connection with God, to know to understand, and know the knower, to deliver. The fullest extent that I can. I started removing the distractions of the fun galaxy lights and all that stuff and doing my trips in a dark room by myself. Close the eyes and completely connect without any distractions. And that is where we come to my I am trip, is how I've labeled it. Five grams of Penis Envy Magic Mushrooms, ground up, pulverized into a powder, put into a two-ounce cup of hot water, meditate with that in your hand for 10 minutes, set the ambiance in the house, some good sense, smudge if you want, palo santo, sage, whatever works for you, whatever you like. That's how I started going about these journeys of five grams. Took that down. And woo, the fear anxiety that took over me. Anybody who has experienced journeys with heavier doses of psilocybin you know what I'm talking about. That fear anxiety as it builds up before you get to let go. It just builds up, builds up, builds up. And you're just so anxious. The fear in a way is setting in. Of what's going to happen. You never know. Until all of a sudden. Boom. You just break through. To such a blissful state. This time that fear anxiety went for an hour. It was painful. Very painful. And then all of a sudden. I was. In my bedroom. Lights were off. I was half. I was sitting on the ground. But like leaning over my bed. And then boom, it hit me. I completely disconnected from my body and my physical mind completely. And I have, you know, two ruptured discs, consistent chronic pain at the time in my back and my neck. Always very in my body. And that is what I thought the journey was. It was this beautiful awareness that yes, you can do this. You can completely detach. It was a clear message. Completely detached through meditation. And here I was for years trying to get on a routine of meditation. Something I promoted to my clients that I was struggling with. We'll get into that further here soon. Well, not evolution. So that's what I thought the journey was about. And it was a beautiful awareness. Until, boom! I got hit with... An experience like no other, absolutely wild. I was one with God in this, I don't know if you want to call it the fifth dimension where everything was manifested right then and there as you thought about it, time did not exist. And I was showing something that changed everything for me. So if you listen before or look at my content, I was in a place of coming from quite a bit of anger with what was going on in the world with the mandates and people getting behind everything, enabling things. I was angry at them, but I was receiving this message continuously. I was aware of it through my journeys. Love thy neighbor as yourself. and I was trying, but I was having a hard time, and I knew there was pain developing from my father getting behind things, that masculine figure I looked at. Not holding up to what I had hoped he would. And this I am journey changed all of that for me in the blink of an eye. I was showing that we're all one. God is all of us. Now, I know this is going to piss a lot of you off to hear, but let's even just look at, you know, before creation, what was there? There's God, right? Right. Well, what did God make everything out of? Made it out of Himself. This is the human experience. We are spiritual beings living a human experience. And there are tests and challenges that come with that. That I'll be getting into here. Getting past our animalistic desires and attachments to this materialistic world truly. Devoting ourselves on the mission to understand who we are, to get back home. So, when I saw this and just how beautiful it was, and how God showed me this duality necessary for this space we're in, but showed me non duality. You get past that, you can break past the duality, and there is non duality all as one. I am. And showing that as terrible as a lot of the things on earth are that we see, you know, unspeakable things that happen here, it all being part of the duality and the polarity of it, it all being part of this big, what some have referred to as the cosmic joke. I know when you're thinking on the pain and turmoil, children and what's being done, it's not a joke. One way some would look at it is, you know, if you put on a video game, Mortal Kombat, my daughter and I, we don't play much video games. We have a Wii here, and we'll play Mortal Kombat, where we're killing each other. Well, it's just a game. It doesn't actually happen. Now, obviously, we have physical pain here. It's a difference on that standpoint. So I've seen this cosmic joke, and it all not mattering, nothing doesn't matter from what I was showing. I laughed my ass off. But the funny thing is when I laughed, I laughed not as myself. I laughed as my buddy, Chris Khan, this individual in boot camp who has a goofy ass laugh. Anybody listening knows this individual. I literally laughed as him. (laughs) However, his laugh was, I can't remember exactly, but it was identical. His voice, everything. And then I did it again and again and again because I realized what was happening and how hilarious it was. We were all one and to let go and respect everybody's journey here and to love thy neighbor as yourself because it is you. We're all connected as one. That's why you won't see me fly a fuck Trudeau flag even though probably line up with those (laughs) that saying but i won't say fuck you because that's saying it right back to me so that was my i am journey that completely changed me the next day i was a change man and you can see that in my content i respected everybody's journey understood and decided from here on i will just be a lighthouse shine my light as bright as i can so it reaches the darkest depths and helps everybody within my reach to find that light, to draw themselves closer to it, and to connect and see and feel what I see and feel now. It is such a beautiful thing. So that's what I do. I shine my light. And of course I catch myself not living up to the full standard that I can be. I'm still human. I have 30 plus years before me conditioned another way programs, a subconscious mind. I used to talk about the subconscious so much, the programming, right? If you understand how that works, your subconscious mind being 95% of your mind, the programming from repetition, things you've done in repetition, the program, the autopilot consciousness. is a whole other thing that I was introduced to. Huh. <laughs> A beautiful thing that it is. It's my I am trip. That was such a life-changing event. And my next experience with psychedelics, I took it a further step. The toad. 5-MEO-DMT. The god molecule, it's called. The strongest psychedelic in the world. This toad that I believe burrows itself, correct me if I'm wrong, in the Sonoma Desert for nine months out of the year, collecting all the wisdom of Gaia, planet Earth, our mother, and coming out for three months to mate and offer this medicine. It's secretion. It's poison, some would call it, for us to connect. It's called the God Molecule. And when I looked it up, podcasts on it, I think Mike Tyson talks about it. There's a podcast I came across of Aubrey Marcus. Actually, what's funny is I came across the podcast of Aubrey Marcus right after my first journey that I started this podcast out with, and they were talking about the toad, and they didn't go into full detail as I am right now, I think, to not throw off people to such an extent that this conversation could. But I could tell what they were hinting at, and I had tasted a touch of that. And I knew I was getting called to it and he talked about that. If you feel you're getting called to this, you're getting called to it. Here we are a year later, I and my good friend have a date with a shaman to go and smoke the secretion off the toad, the strongest psychedelic in the world. Now, these podcasts that I was referring to that I looked into, a year later you could find more information as people were putting the word out and what they spoke about was exactly what I experienced with my I am journey that I just detailed to you. Exactly. So I was very curious what I was going to experience. I had never tried DMT and here we are, I'm going for it. So we go, my man and best friend goes first. He is quite experienced with the process, never done the toll, but DMT, he does guided journeys for people. And his big aim is to do so now without pain. He got what he wanted. My turn. Can't remember the doses off the top of my head. But you can look them up. And the typical dose, I ended up taking three or four times what a typical dose is. Now, this is a plant medicine that you are not supposed to be able to hold on. It is taking you away. But... I have something in me, or at least at that time, that was holding on just too tight. The shaman tried to help me break through, gave me three or four times the dose As she saw I wasn't. But for a brief moment, I just about did. I got to the gate. She marked down the time as 3.33. And I'll say, when people used to uh, put out numbers on social media, I'd see, like you guys are all crazy. Now, the music I talk about that I got spoke to, Numbers, movies, people, events, the messages are everywhere. So as I get to the gate, I feel my, how can I explain it? Like I just blew up into a trillion pieces. It was absolutely wild, painful, like scary, um, really hard to describe. It was very brief though. And then I went into a state of pain, started bawling, not bawling, but crying. Pretty good. Feeling this pain, such a heavy pain, but it wasn't my pain. It was my mother's. I felt all my mother's pain and not just the pain that I experienced the first five years of my life as she was going through a rough time. The first 10 years of my life, I should say 15 until I got kicked out of the house When I was eight, the separation between her and my dad, feeling that pain of her working her ass around the clock and coming home, trying to hold it all together. But also the pain before I was born, the abuse from her dad. I felt it all, and it was so much. I understood how much she was holding on to. And this really clicked with something. As just a week prior, I finally sat down with my other best friend. Now all these best friends that I've made came from the community I started last year, which is a beautiful thing. My man Terry, who is a school teacher and as well does hypnotherapy. And we decided to finally sit down for some hypnotherapy. I'd been wanting to for a while. And what's funny, actually, it was funny, actually, right when I started getting into the session and breaking through, the police knocked at my door, interrupting that. Didn't answer. I don't answer when the police knock. (laughs) If they got a warrant, they'll kick down the door, which they have done. (laughs) We'll get into that in another episode. What I want to refer to with the episode on hypnotherapy with Terry is he was diving in, speaking to my subconscious and my conscious, and was asking about my memories, and I couldn't give him anything before I was five years old. And he said something that resonated. Oh, you remember it's there. You're just blocking it. That's as far as we got in that first session. And here we are feeling this pain in this toad ceremony. And I understood why and what I was blocking. How I had a wounded feminine within me trying to save my mom and failing Obviously, it's not my job, especially as a young child. And how that transmuted into all my relationships with women and my relationship with myself and everybody that I came into contact with throughout the rest of my years. What I took from that, that was not correct. So it was all about healing the feminine, Time to heal the feminine is the message I got. So even though I didn't break through to this place everybody breaks through to with the 5-EM, MEO, DMT, the toad, I still got the download that I was looking for. And that's what psychedelics do, okay? If you haven't caught on yet, they drop the veil and give you the download that you need. They're going to give you whatever it is that you need to evolve in your consciousness, Drop the veil, they do. I had one time with my higher self where I asked, it was the song was singing, you don't even know, something like that, you couldn't even be able to wrap your head around what it really is. I'm like, show me, show me more. And I said, watch me now. And it, my arms threw out, like stretch Armstrong, 50 feet in each direction. <laughs> Sink dropped down to the ground. I was 10 feet, 15 feet tall. And I was like, no more, <laughs> stop. That's all I can handle. <laughs> They dropped the veil. You know, I've heard uh, some interesting talks from Jordan Peterson lately on uh, psychedelics his experience and how it's unable to explain. I look forward to diving a little further into his conversations on that. I highly suggest checking it out. I haven't dived too deep, but heard one conversation on it that spiked my interest. So now before I smoked the DMT, the toad, we pulled two cards out of a deck, out of two decks. My buddy Martin pulled two and I pulled two. Another way that the other side speaks to you, something many, I know Christians look at something of the devil. Oracle decks and whatnot, gemstones, all these different things they are looked at as the devil. And all I can say again is, hey, something's putting fear in your mind. I don't think that's what God wants but that's between you and him. He'll show you. So we pull these two cards. I pull two cards, one from one deck, one from the other. Don't look at them. After the experience, we sit down with the shaman. We go over them, flip open the one card, and it is the number three, three, three. And it is all about healing the feminine says the Divine Masculine is now time to be connected with the healed feminine. And it's on the path now for you to heal the feminine. Coincidence? Hmm. And the next card was the Pilgrim. You're going to go on an outward journey that will truly be an inward journey. I had no journeys planned. Then all of a sudden, three days later, I was in a car driving... To Ottawa for the trucker's convoy. And that was an inward journey to say the least. No doubt about that. Now on a future episode, I want to wrap this up pretty soon. I do have a few more experiences I want to share with you future episode. I do really look forward to diving into the masculine and feminine. I have some beautiful guests I'll be bringing on that specialize in that as well. And I'll be going through my evolution with that and further diving deep further into where I left off on the feminine as Ottawa. That's where my mom lives. That's where I'm originally from, where the trucker's convoy went. And I thought, okay, this is here healing the feminine. I'm going to connect with my mom and make this happen and heal that. I was there for six weeks. I didn't see my mom until the last day that I left. It came in many other ways. Relationship that came just after my journey in Ottawa, and things I'm going through right now. Something beautiful that I've taken from that, healed quite a bit, and there's still healing to do, but allowed me to embrace my feminine and go with the flow of the universe, letting go, going with the flow, what God's plan is for me. It's been such a beautiful, beautiful thing. But before I left. Back home after Ottawa on the six weeks in it. Give you a little recap on that quickly, which I'll be diving in a conversation that I'll probably dive into when I bring Ian Smith on this podcast, as he was the one who inspired my whole stand throughout the last two years. Ottawa is where the truckers rallied together, drove down and parked their trucks all over the downtown area around Parliament, downtown Ottawa. And we stood there for, I believe it was six weeks until riot police came and pushed us out. And we stood without retaliation. And when I got to Ottawa, I didn't have a part in organizing anything. I just got there as boots on the ground. And that changed me. The spark that I took from there has changed many people. Love. Truly. Truly living in the heart space, seeing people come together in Ottawa in the cold winter days, standing for our freedom, doing whatever was necessary to make it work, everybody coming together, cooking food, smuggling gas in to keep the trucks running for heat, taking garbage away, shoveling because snow service wasn't happening anymore. Everything completely changed me on another level after my I Am journey really instilled that A man who didn't like to give hugs. There I was standing with a sign that said free hugs. (laughs) Giving big bear hugs and helping people just take a piece of me. That beautiful energy I had to share. It took a week of being in Ottawa for me to realize what was going to happen there. And I quickly realized and knew, I felt intuitively that the Rye police were going to come. And push us out of here. And our goal, our mission, was to stay peaceful. Stand our ground and let them push us out peacefully. And document the entire thing and show the world the lies our government was spreading. Saying we were there. Hate speech. We were all racist. Beating people up. Not welcoming anything, anybody who was taking that shot or had a mask on. And we showed the world. It was the exact opposite of that. We were there for freedom of choice, freedom of speech, our right to assemble. Our rights in this democratic society we're supposed to live in. And our mission was to come out of a total place of love without retaliation. And show the world through the power of social media. And we did exactly that. We succeeded Many people woke up, people saw it, they're like, holy shit, people flew down there. Obviously, they're flying, they got behind those shots, but they had to come down and see for themselves, and they spread the word, saying, guys, it is not how they're making it look, which should make you question everything that's been going on now. Did it wake up everybody? No. But it woke up a lot of people. Canada flag being flown all over the world. Stand in the Netherlands right now, them flying that flag. So my journey shortly after the Rye police pushed us out, my crew and I went over to Gatineau, rented a cabin to unwind for three days. It's a beautiful spot. Absolutely beautiful. And went on a journey, some psilocybin again. And this was quite an interesting one as well. It's what I call my Who Am I trip. I think it was maybe two days before this, I had, maybe a day before, watching one of my mentors, an individual I look up to a great deal, Andy Fursilla, his stories on Instagram, tell you between Andy Fursilla and Tony Robbins, those two have really shaped who I am and the message I share and the direction I've taken, they've been a great deal of inspiration to me, I thank them for everything they do. Andy and I have connected on Instagram for maybe a few years now, chat loosely here and there. And I saw an opening to share something with Andy a day before this journey that I had always wanted since coming across him to be on his podcast. And if he ever saw a place for me to let me know, and he instantly responded. But a minute later, and said, absolutely. Of course, brother. Thank you, Andy. I look forward to taking him up on that someday. I've been waiting for the mandates and everything to drop so I can fly down to Louis and do that in person with him, which we are just about at that stage right now because I won't even put a mask on to fly. It's not happening. So this journey in Quebec, we were originally going to be going to these waterfalls My one friend doesn't use plant medicines or anything. Totally sober. She's driving. Three of us, the other three of us, took some psilocybin. I took quite a bit. The other two took just a little bit. And we try to go on this adventure to these waterfalls, but we cannot. As this driveway that's about two kilometers long down the mountainside to our cabin was covered in sheer ice from an ice storm that came in the night before. We actually... The car started <laughs> going in circles down the driveway backwards after we tried to push it up and got stuck in a snowbank. So I left them to it and went on a walk. They were capable of getting yeah, the tow truck. Didn't need everybody there. I'm going on a journey because these are kicking in and I need to get out of here. So I just walked down the highway and come to this little town by where our cabin was, and joined the most visual journey I ever had. I got myself caught staring at this horse and uh, the energy I see just swirling around within the fur. And then all of a sudden I see a vision in the mountains, the Gatnos of what I feel was indigenous elders, women, saying thank you to me. Thank you. You did what you were supposed to do. Thank you. And to me, I took that as standing in peace and love. And this is something I spoke on, that stand, as I took a two-week journey on my way home from Ottawa after the short stay at the cabin to do a few speaking events in towns along the way, cities along the way. And I spoke on this. I remember in Barrie, did a QA after my speech talking about coming from a place of love, being a lighthouse, which actually is so ironic. Where I was speaking, that they had this big lighthouse there, it was beautiful, and they had pins on the lighthouse, it was divine to say the least. And this individual asked me, Oh, great, great and dandy on the love bit, man. I get it, but when, at what point do we pick up arms and say no and retaliate? And as hard as it was for me to say, and still is, I looked at him, and this speech is on my social media. I said, we don't. I'm following suit with Jesus Christ. He led the way for us. No war was won with love, people say. I say, well, look at where we're at now. Has any war truly been won? Have we gotten to the place we need to be at? to the fullest extent? Have we brought the collective together, unified the people all across the globe? And I know that sounds like just an impossible thing to come together. Look at, you know, the American Revolution. America is a beautiful, beautiful thing, what they stand for and the freedoms they have and that are protected. But it's crumbling right now to a certain degree and the whole world doesn't have that. So again, this might be something that I do change my mind on at some point, but I feel the answer is to follow the path that Jesus laid for us, even if that means giving up our lives. So here I am walking down this highway through the icy roads of the Gatnos, just in a magical land, seeing all these visuals. I can see the energy rising up, rising up. From the mountains and the trees. It was clear, just energy waves rising up. It was such a beautiful thing. And then I found myself lost in this budding tree beside me, thinking on the request I made to Andy. Now, for those who don't know Andy Frisilla, I highly suggest you look up his podcast. He has two. It started as the MF CEO project and now is Andy Real AF. The MFCO project changed my life. It was a dedication. And I knew after my experiences where Andy comes from and his devotion to God. It's clear through what he's delivered on that and it has helped me so much. And thank you for that, Andy. He has some of the best of the best people on his podcast. So here I am starting to delve myself and ask, who are you Sean, to think you have something of value to go on his podcast. Dude, who are you? Like, come on, get over yourself. You don't even take that opportunity up. You're going to make a fool of yourself. You got nothing compared to the people he brings on. Who are you? So I went from this beautiful place to this complete low point of self-doubt. And right at that moment, I'm in this just little corner in the mountainside I'm on the highway. I was literally walking right on the side of the highway. And when I say highway, it's you know it's a country road, but fairly busy. And this car comes sliding down. And not sliding because he's out of control, it comes racing down, but slams on the brakes, sliding to the side. I get a hold of this. Another thing you're gonna think I'm crazy about. <laughs> sliding down towards me, opens his door. As he's still sliding, stops right where I am, puts his head out and starts speaking to me in French. And I instantly know saying, hey, do you need help? And get this, it was me. It was a chubbier version of me. And I was just in awe. I was like, no, I'm good. Thank you. You just, you gave me, you know, you just gave me what I needed help with. Who am I? I am connected consciousness. I have all to offer. And don't ever doubt that. Don't lose consciousness on that. The kingdom of heaven lies within. I feel that is consciousness, our mind, and the manifestation. That we are capable of. What's the devil? What's hell? Hell, I would say, is unconsciousness. Drifting. As is put in my favorite audio book. Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Drifting. Getting lost in greed and lust and anger. Materialistic desires. Addictions. All the baits that are put in front of us in this world. That we are here to overcome and get past. Many choose to live a life only fulfilling sexual desires. Never getting past that. And that's where I'm at right now. I'll be diving into you a little bit further, right before we cap off here in a few minutes. Lust. So who am I trip? And at the end of that trip, I walked down to the cabin and was brought to this beautiful sunset on the lake where we were staying. And here I am looking at an awe and my eyes get pulled, like pulled. I don't look like pulled to this plane in the sky. I'm like, no, I don't want to look at the plane. I want to look at the beautiful sunset, but it gets pulled back. No, I'm looking at the sunset, pull back to the plane. No, pull back to the final look at the damn plane. I say <laughs> literally out loud, say this. And I see this plane it looks like stuff is coming out of it, but there's no trail behind it, but stuff I can see. I'm like, what the heck? This plane is way on the horizon. And within a matter of three minutes, it is somehow right over my head, goes in this odd direction, like odd path that just didn't seem normal at all and went from so far to right over my head. And it was at that moment I got the message, yes, they are spraying stuff in the sky. They're putting you to sleep and I've already learned that through the fluoride in the water and the food and all the low vibrational stuff. I spoke on that in the last podcast. So much is designed to keep you from consciousness, to keep you unconscious, disconnected, living in hell on earth. Just days before, I'd look at people's stories when they're talking about chemtrails and think they are loony. Literally would think that without even doing a quick Google search. If you just do a quick Google search on weather modification, they don't hide it. It's right there. That's the part they're not hiding. You can look at interesting documentaries that were done 20 years ago when they first realized this and they denied it. And the individuals doing the documentary exposed them and said, watch, in two decades, they'll say they're doing it for climate control. Sure enough, that's what's being said now. And this is only what they're admitting to. So anyway, that was a clear message on that journey at the end of it, that they are spraying stuff in the sky. And just camping the other day with my good buddy who is in aerospace, doesn't want to believe that. And there we are, two chemtrails go above us, very thin. And then I say, hey, look up. And I tell him, look up another half hour. They're hundred times wider. Another half hour, look up. Another hundred times wider. An hour later, look up. The whole sky just covered. You see planes sometimes with contrails, this little path behind them that is disappearing. A kilometer or two or three behind them. But anyway, I highly suggest you at least do a quick Google search on that. Weather modification. Even look at the contract for weather modification weather modification between the States and Canada. So back to Winnipeg I go. This beautifully evolved human that is shining his light along the way. Giving a share of my experiences that have all been designed for the evolution of my consciousness, which they all are. Lessons on anger, on greed, lessons on attachment. And that's been the process I've been going through here. First, it was my greed, my desire for materialistic things.
1: Not that it doesn't
0: still exist, but I'm completely detached from them. It is not my ultimate motive as it once was. And that we can rewind back to the deal I made When I started the movement I made here in the community, standing up in the face of the mandates and all the unjust, unfair rulings, so to say, that were being put upon us. When they said, you couldn't have more than one person over at your home or even in your yard. That's when I took my stand. I said, enough's enough. I was watching my man, Ian Smith, over stateside, taking his stand Leading the way, there I was watching him for months, wishing I had a storefront to take that stand. And when that happened, when they said even outside, I knew what I could do. Start boot camps, start free fitness classes and build a community. Now, I want to show you some proof of where God has come in my life here. As I sat down and made a deal, the day before I launched the video on my social media, inviting everybody over. And that invite went to everybody, including the police. This was at a time that I was evolving my lifestyle coaching from one-on-one to online virtual interactive programs. I had developed a program I called the 25 to Life which now I'm finally coming full circle to all these things I put aside and putting in my app. I had the beta launch of the 25 to life out for a year and a bit and I was taking feedback from all the people utilizing it, to critique it and turn it into the best of the best program I could possibly offer utilizing my man Brad Lee's program, Lightspeed. So, I adjust emptied my bank accounts, purchasing the high-tech computer I needed for 4K video editing, the camera, the green screen equipment, all the lighting, everything. Spent every dollar I had, literally. I'm good at doing that. (laughs) And was just about to start recording it all to get that out there and start bringing in a good income the time I was working on writing my book as well, which I'm going to be picking up again and finishing off to get out there to all of you so you can know my whole story. So here I am, no money a week or two weeks away of, you know, probably two solid weeks to get this program developed, to start bringing in money again. And I knew what I had to do though. So I sat down, kneeled and prayed and prayed a direct conversation that went about like this. I know what you're showing me to do and I'm going to take this stand. I'm going to do everything necessary, put everybody first, be that shining light. All I ask as I put all of my work aside right now, all business aside is that you take care of me, my home, make sure my bills are paid. That's it. I don't need anything else. Just keep the bills on and the house in my name. Keep my daughter and myself fed. So I went on and did the boot camps for free. Now, this is a time where everybody shut down. I could have said, hey, four fitness classes every week, 100 or $200 a month membership. And maybe I went from 4,000 people ended up coming through the community events I did to 2,000 or even 1,000 at 100 or $200 a month. I could have been making great money. But I knew that was not what I was to do. So I put it all out there. And I wasn't asking for donations or anything. Somebody said, you should really do a donation box Sean. So I finally did a donation box. Encourage people. Put five bucks if you want in the donation box. But I'm not looking. I don't want to see who did it because I know some of you don't have money. If you got it, great. I don't expect it. You don't have to pay to be here. It's free. I didn't do any GoFundMe fundraising until actually my man Ian caught along on what I was doing and mentored me a little bit. Befriended me on social and talked to me and encouraged me to do a GoFundMe because there are people across the world that want to support me. So I opened that GoFundMe up. A couple of dollars came in here and there, not a whole lot. You know, I said it was to fight the tickets that I was getting because I got tickets handed to me quite a bit, which I'll be going into a little later. Not on this show, not on this podcast, sorry. And those donations. Helped me get new equipment. I was possibly going to fight the tickets someday, but decided, actually, I'm not fighting these tickets. Fuck that. I'm not playing in the system anymore. I just wrote on all the tickets. I'm not in contract with you. Put them against my license or whatever you want. I don't care. I'm done with your system. And then I got to a point, though, where I was very behind on money. I was actually just about three months delinquent on my mortgage. My hydro and water and phone were about to get shut off. I was in communication with the bank, cell service, water, hydro, and I was at the point where they couldn't put it off any longer. I had to pay or things were going to be shut down and my home was going to go up for foreclosure. I didn't tell anybody this. I sat down and said, God, what's going on, brother? I kept my end of the bargain here. I need 10 grand tomorrow. I need it tomorrow. I'm at the point where the last three days, I can't help all these people coming to me. They're talking to me and I'm not even there because the weight of the financial problems are on my shoulders so heavily right now. I can't give them myself and give them that shining light that they need right now. So thank you for delivering this. And I went to bed. Now, I did that prayer with confidence. So what happened the day after? could be a direct manifestation. It'd be a direct answer and delivery from God. Look out however you want. I had a call booked with this individual I completely forgot about. Eric with the Phenom Foundation. This individual that had been reaching out to me for quite some time on social media and I actually originally didn't give him the time of day. He was asking me to get on the phone. He wanted to help with what I was doing and I get a lot of weirdos on social media. So a lot of great people I actually don't give the time of day unfortunately because I am... Cautious, sometimes too cautious because all the weirdos out there. So this call that had been put off before was finally scheduled for the next morning. So I hop on it and Eric is an individual in the States. I think he was in Miami at the time who runs a foundation, nonprofit for rescuing dogs. He's been watching what I've been doing and he wants to help. And he wants to help me do fundraising he knows about fundraising, wants to teach me the ropes. And says we have to we talk a little bit and get to know each other. He's gonna schedule a call a week later to do a Zoom meeting where he'll take a video of me and put that out there to his contacts and help me raise funds. Then in a brief detail, he says, Hey, before we jump off the phone, I know you gotta be in a tough financial spot. So I'm gonna send you a little bit of money to help you as a gift. And I'm still in this mindset where I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. You know, rub it off. Get off the phone. 60 seconds later, he texts me. He's like, all right, I sent you a, a donation on your PayPal. that should help out. Let me know if you need anything else. We'll chat in a week. Look at my PayPal. Eric sent me 10 grand. Exactly what I asked for. Exactly what I believed was going to be delivered because I was living up to my end of the deal. So that's just one instant where God has come and shown himself amongst so many. And this whole process, as I dived into this, not just him showing himself to me, but getting past my greed this desire for materialistic things in life that we get in our head that we want, which a lot of it, yeah, sure, you want to enjoy a lot of it, but a lot of it's even to impress others. A lot of it is experiences that truly won't give us the fulfillment we think they will. Not to say there isn't enjoyment in them. Letting go of that, really putting my service first, devoting myself, was the first process, letting go of my greed. And That's what really was the catalyst in that and helping me do that. Everything I did, I did without expectation. When I first stepped up, I had zero expectation for anything other than hoping that God was going to make sure my bills were paid. The fundraising I ever asked for was when we did the rink was the first time. I wasn't going to do a skating rink. People were curious if I was. There there's one right by my house, two actually by my house. What? There's no point until they said kids couldn't go to certain light shows without their passports. And I said, oh, okay, no, no, no. We're doing a skating rink and a winter wonderland. Hey guys, I'm doing a fundraiser. Help me get five to 10 grand, get a bunch of lights, make this a great place. We'll do a hot chocolate bar, Santa Claus, all the events. That's when I started actually asking for fundraising because I already given everything I had and I wanted to build something else. So I put it out there, but I didn't ask anybody specifically. I just put it out there and I got the funds and I built an awesome winter wonderland that we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families at that came through all winter long and enjoyed and brought so many people together, just like we did in the community events that I did in the summertime with the boot camps, the fitness classes for not only adults, but then transformed into kids as well, teaching the winning and losing. So many lessons we had for them the bi weekly freedom fires we did, the comedy nights, the axe throwing events, the yoga weekly, the weekly Muay Thai. So the rink was a huge hit. But I didn't expect that. I asked for it. I put it out there in the universe and I was going to just pour a sheet of ice on the ground if I had to and grab a couple shitty lights that I could have put whatever dollars and I had to make happen. So delivered without expectation, without an attachment to that desired outcome. I desired to build this winter wonderland like this and it ended up working out, but I wasn't attached to that outcome. I let go of my greed. I was one of the biggest ones anger was first, right? Love thy neighbor as yourself. Let go of that. Respect everybody's journey. Let go of the greed as that being your big desire. And then I got more lessons on ego. (laughs) Attachment. A relationship I had that I had been waiting for for so long. Lessons on attachment with that. Letting go. Not losing myself in that and losing my I from on God, from that understanding the love that you experience from everyone is from God really brought meaning to the scripture of, I am a jealous God as I lost myself in a woman briefly, which I'll dive into on a future episode. Next lesson, again, as it's always been coming is ego, which has been a really big interest uh, area of topic for me to study for a few years now, which I have been and Something came to me to show me, oh, you think you're past your ego, huh? You think you're really living out of it most of the time? I got something for you. Let's start making you go bald, boy. (laughs) Something I never thought would happen, ever, never even crossed my mind. I've always had such a full head of hair. All of a sudden, I looked at a video of me, and I'm like, what the heck is that on the back of my head? I'm going bald, or I was. Such... (laughs) a life-changing event, unfortunately, because I was living in my ego so much. It was all caring about what other people thought. And that's what was brought to me. Always giving me what I need for the evolution of my consciousness. Here I was thinking I was living outside my ego so much. Oh yeah. Well, let me show you, son. Here you go. Let's take away your fucking hair. (laughs) That consumed me for four weeks. Consumed me. And if you understand the power of belief and manifestation, what you're dwelling on positively, negatively, it is going to manifest. So the hair started coming out more and more, <clears throat> excuse me, more and more until I finally let go. I'm like, fuck it. Fine. Who cares? Whatever. Cause I have this big image in my head. Here I am finally stepping up to public speaking. These things that I have been inspiring to do for so many years and I always picture myself with this beautiful head of hair and eventually the silver Fox, so to say, and now I'm trying to picture myself bald thinking it takes away from all that I have to offer because I'm stuck in the character that people perceive me as. And I wasn't conscious of that. So that really changed the game on an extra awareness added on the ego. And I dove deeper in on that, a book that came to me, which, again, another way that you're spoken to. As I said, music, numbers, people, movies. The Matrix, go watch that. Fucking documentary, man. (laughs) That ain't coincidence. So many movies out there that have all the answers. It's like they have to put it in front of your face. People say there's a deal that has to be made on the evil side, quote-unquote, which I'll say I've never been actually shown evil. I've just been shown the duality and then non-duality. But books come to you at the right time. I've had books that I bought that I meant to read and didn't pick up for two years. And of course I picked them up at the perfect time. One that I just read, which I'm going to be reading right again, is A New Earth that helped me dive into ego even greater than my past studies through Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, 10 out of 10 recommend. The Bhagavad Gita, sorry, the Bhagavad Gita. I hope I didn't just murder that. Another one I had to read back to back. Hindus are onto something there, I tell you. Reading that and seeing their actually respect even for Jesus Christ and speaking on terms of him. Yes, being an avatar, being a son of God as we all are, that was given special abilities to be able to bring that belief into people, to help them on their walk, to stand up and come into who they are out of love. His love is the answer. It's also the test. Words from Terry Holloway. That scriptures from Hindu there really uh, open my eyes as they speak on Jesus' respect. You know, not like how a lot of Christians speak to other how about other religions with disrespect, saying that's wrong. I think everybody's got something right to some degree. They speak on the avatar of Jesus Christ as being this being that is having these special abilities as many others have. So these books that have come and the ego really opened my eyes, that added awareness. And I'll tell you something beautiful actually when I let go and stop caring about the hair and said, fine, it is what it is. I'll take it. Don't need it. I'm stepping up into who I am, shining my light out of the way. My hair's growing back. It's beautiful. <laughs> but I'm going to continue to keep that awareness. So, uh, God doesn't have me that lesson again. I thank you. Thank you, God, for my hair coming back. Let's keep it. But if it goes, it goes. I will embrace that and rock it with confidence in all that I am, all that we are, and the message we have to share because it is such a beautiful thing. God has given you a gift. You have something that has been given to you that you can execute on better than anybody else out there. And you are to come and find that and speak through it. Whether it be art, speaking, music, whatever it is, find it and drive all of yourself into it. Become your best. Self-mastery. That's where it's at and that's where I'm at right now. One of the last ones I'm feeling, lust. Mastering that sexual energy. Something I'll be speaking on a lot further in future episodes. That's where I'm at right now and the test on that. And that is... Not in relation to how a lot of people, you know, think on celibacy, it's transmuting that energy to reach a higher consciousness, using that prana, that life energy to achieve a higher consciousness and connect closer with God and understand more. That is where I'm at now, along with something very recent that I want to touch base on. And I'm jumping off here in the next five minutes with you guys. Wow, we're almost at two hours. Marijuana. So I'll tell you alcohol, drugs and alcohol have been a battle throughout my life. Alcohol, I finally decided no more ever again in my life. Made that decision on my birthday. Most recent one. And that will never be consumed again. That's at least where my goal and aim is. I hope I have no more hard lessons to learn on that. and I don't lose consciousness keeping that awareness. Some of us have to learn a lot, many, many times, learning the hard way before we finally remember and take the lesson. Marijuana, something that I have consumed since I was 15 years old and never realized the detrimental effects that I was having, how much I was escaping from. I'll dive deep in this conversation on another episode, but I just want to touch base on how God is showing up there. A battle on and off, me wanting to quit marijuana. I did for nine months at one point of time, and I remember smoking it again after nine months and saying, Wow, I don't like this. But then, sure enough, a month later, I was smoking it daily. <laughs> Funny how that happens, just like quitting smoking, which is something I help a lot of people with. That's one of the first programs coming out of my app, which will be launching very soon. Marijuana. So, this summer, as I'm facing my quartate, just going through a breakup. Just decided to stop taking my testosterone replacement therapy, which I'll dive into that on another episode. Churning my whole yard into a yardin' after the mud pit, which I'll dive into that in another episode on what happened after the community events. I feel a spiritual draw to do 40 days of sobriety this summer. And I already quit alcohol. And the sobriety was zero substances at all. So for me, that was no marijuana and no psychedelics. The big one was marijuana, but nothing at all. To fully sit with my feelings as I'm going through this breakup, that was exactly what I had always thought I wanted. Not the breakup, the relationship. Going through the hormonal changes, the drop in testosterone for removing my doctor-prescribed testosterone replacement therapy that I was on for two years. Having my court case coming up, knowing I'm facing a year in jail everything that followed suit with that and repairing this yard. So here I am 40 days fully sitting with my feelings as my hormones are just tanked and all over the place. And I decided that I want to do this 40 days of devotion. I called it to line up. So day 40 is the day of my sentencing for court. So get this. You tell me coincidence or not. I line it up. So day 40 is my court date. I fuck up. The first two days, I can't get behind and I smoke pot. But then after two days, I commit. And I'm good. Once I commit and get a hold of something, I'm usually on there. I broke past that point. I get a random text from my lawyer. Oh, your court date's been pushed back two days. Okay, thank you. Then I realize, oh, wow, the 40 days of devotion now does lie on my court date. So the 40 days of sobriety was remove marijuana and I was asking God, please show me, does this have a place in my life? Because I keep proving to myself over and over, I can't control it. Now I will say on marijuana, one point I have found it can raise your vibration. I specifically actually enjoyed the results from that specifically after coming down from a psilocybin journey, after the, the peak smoke a joint and it brings that back up and I connect to my higher self. That's the only time I've actually found use of it. I actually did a a whole comparison study on it from me being on and off, which I'll dive into, like I said, another episode. But for me, I couldn't contain it. I, at the time, don't have classes scheduled. My schedule is writing books and doing everything just on my own pace here. So even though I didn't want to smoke weed in the morning, I would. I'd say I'm only going to smoke once a week. Proved to myself over and over I couldn't. So, please, God, show me. Does this have a place? Can I keep this at a minimum? Only on my, you know, I said only on my mushroom journeys at one point. Well, I started doing mushrooms all the fucking time, which was abusing it, not utilizing it for the right reasons. So, show me. Speak to me, please. I go through the 40 days. About three weeks in, I decide, yep, marijuana, smoking it, does not have a place in my life ever again. I sign my journal in blood, promise to God, stating this should be... Good enough to promise this to myself, but I prove to myself over and over I can't. I am promising you I'm never smoking marijuana again. Whew, I felt so much better just making that decision. Not having to think about it so much anymore. So court comes and there's a technicality. It gets pushed back 45 days later. I'm like, oh, right on. That's great because I was in a terrible state, which I'll dive into a little bit more. Terrible state at that time. Gives me time to... Get my affairs in order and get back to that beautiful state and figure out how to let go. That's what the last episode was all about, letting go. So I decide, hey, I'm going to do another 40 days of devotion that's going to line up again, day 40 on my sentencing, the new court date. And this 40 days of devotion is going to be sober again, no, mar- no marijuana, which is already off the table and everything, philocybin allowed. But I want to get back on my daily meditation, my daily reading, and things I had fallen off on my workouts because I had fallen off my working out in in that time as well. So I want to start, but guess what? I get lazy. Five days in, I have an inclination to eat marijuana. I read my promise, and instead of smoking marijuana. Oh, so eating is not off the table. So I start eating edibles with THC. And at first I'm like, this is great. It's not hitting me as hard. It's not taking me off, you know, my, my goals. Um, I'm not getting burnt out. That's what I thought. That was the bait that was dangled in front of my face that I took. It was, I wasn't committing to those 40 days of devotion I wanted to do. I started taking the edibles every day. I was eating sugary shit every day, getting the munchies. till September 8th rolled around. Weeks after, I said I was going to start my 40 days of devotion. I'm like, fuck, that's it, man. Look at what's happening. It's getting control of you again. Here we go. 40 days of devotion. No edibles. I'll decide at the end of the 40 days if edibles have a place in my life. And it's not going to land on court date anymore, but whatever. If I got to finish this inside uh, uh, a jail cell, I will. And again, I'm asking God, please show me. Does this have a place in my life? Can I keep it here? And I succeed at committing and I get to court and we go over things. And the judge, thankfully, as I expressed in the last episode, decides he's going to take time to make a decision. Sets a new court date to find out my sentence. Guess when that court date was, is, it's October 18th, which is day forty. (laughs) <laughs> Coincidence, two times in a row. So now, my 40 days of devotion, which actually is also I added in there, uh, no ejaculation at all through sex or myself pleasure, which I'll dive into in future episodes. As that's, like I said, the lust right now, the sexual master, mastering of that energy, transmuting it is the lesson right now, getting past these worldly desires to greater things. So, my 40 days of devotion. Ends October eighteenth, and I sign my journal in blood again that I will never have edibles. I decide marijuana has no place in my life, and it was a clear message. Yes, I want you to devote that in service to me, to yourself, to everybody on the path you have to take. And that's where we're at now. One thing I forgot to add, actually, my most recent journey with psilocybin, the download I got was that I don't need it anymore. I've been getting the connection. And I've already been aware of that. I already knew it. I already knew I didn't need it. I've been getting the connection everywhere without the use of it for about a year now. And the last journey was, yeah, you don't need this. You're doing great with your meditation, which I do on a daily basis. Every morning when I wake up, you are connected. That plant medicine has served its purpose. Serves its purpose for many people. May not be for everybody but it definitely helped me get where I'm at. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that I have that connection now, the same heightened connection that I had with that plant medicine without it. And it is beautiful. So I hope you gained something from this episode. If you did, please share it, get it out. I want to impact as many people as I can, help them sharpen their axes. I like to say the ripple effects that are created from us, Sharing our experiences and what we've learned and the good that lies within our heart. <laughs> and that is a lot. Our heart is where it's at. The heart is the answer. I'll talk to you guys next week. Will you climb the highest mountain? Will you fight for those who can't? Will you fall?